What's going on, everybody? Happy New Year. Welcome to episode 987 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, and we got a special, special show today. I'm joined today by Ben Funky Askren and a man that America needs right now to bring about some clarity in, a, in confusing times. We had an issue over the weekend, and we called on the gangster to make the walk. Actually, he called on us. He invited himself over, but you know what? Debbie Piles taught me if someone wants to come on in, they're welcome. Make them a turkey sandwich. Chael, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. Is Debbie your mother or your wife? Because either way, I didn't get the turkey sandwich. I really didn't get treated all that nicely until just now. But thank you. I'm doing very well. Uh, Debbie's I'm my here mother. with the voice of reason when we finally get around to it. I want, I, I want to hear it right off the bat. I'm so excited to hear it. So if a oh, quick, quick, quick intro, what right, happened? If intro. you don't know. Tell us what happened. AJ Ferrari, Zach Glazier. It goes into overtime. AJ gets the takedown. Uh, a skirmish, a confrontation, maybe a shove from AJ. Glazier's pursuing a swing of some kind from AJ with his left, a middle finger from AJ. Flagrant misconduct. Glazier's the winner, even though he lost in regulation. And pandemonium from there. Double middle finger side split. I've never seen that one. Maybe the first one ever. I think Shawn Michaels uh, did that back in the day. Shawn Michaels and AJ Ferrari. High levels of flexibility. Um, Chael, what was your take on this uh, on this kind of unprecedented occurrence in wrestling? I have missed you both, by the way, but I don't miss <laughs> the shows. I do watch them. And, Ben, it's been about eight months, but you're doing something newer with the hair where it's a little lighter and a little tighter, and I've always liked it. And I actually texted you <laughs> that a couple of times, and I think you thought it was a joke. Like, I, I, I enjoy hey, seeing you, fellas. And, okay, and, and Pyle, it is fortunate that we do have a video of this and the reason i say that is if we were to just verbally discuss to the members of the jury what we saw essentially what we're gonna have to tell them is that the winner of a match was so angry with said match that he threw a punch and got disqualified and we're not gonna be able to like that to anything else there's not been a baseball game or a football game or a, a soccer match or a tennis match where the winner threw a punch after regulation and got themselves disqualified. The sport of wrestling does a lot for it, though. The sport of wrestling, in fact, puts a rule, and then they were smart enough to give an example that would lead you to the rule that they wrote. For example, in this case, they actually say if you win and you're walking to put your feet on the line to shake each other's hand, and the winner throws a punch that is Fegler misconduct, and even though the time of the match has elapsed, they're still in the mat area, which means they're still in the referee's purview of time and can be disqualified. Now, reason that gets tough is that's just not what we had here. We did not have two people that were walking to the line and one of them threw a punch. As a matter <laughs> of fact, we never got to a line at all. And we never got to the line because Zach Glazer, who came up to his feet, and there was pressure on the head. If you watch A.J. Ferrari throughout the tournament, you could go to the Wyoming kid, you could go to the Iowa State kid that was earlier on. The last takedown that he gets, his body is trained to jump to his feet and put pressure on your head. When time is out or the referee says break, if he is yet to jump to his feet and put pressure on your head, he will go and do it anyway. You're not allowed to do that. You're supposed to break when the referee says break. So I don't offer you a defense there. 
I'm just offering for somebody that's not watching the tape to understand the position. This is very consistent with the way that A.J. Ferrari finishes his last takedowns of a match. Whistle blows. Zach Glazer comes to his feet. And this this is where my entire argument starts. Okay, I, it, it hasn't started yet. It starts right now. When he comes to his feet, <laughs> he is now charging at Ferrari, and he is saying things that we, the audience, can't hear. Ferrari is backing away, and a bad moment has happened. I use the time bad moment. If you remember back to 1984 when it was Randy Lewis. I was barely TV. alive. I, I was born in 1984, Chill. I don't recall that. Okay, so, Ben, there, there was a lawsuit. And they, thank you for be, letting me be worried, worried, wordy on this. But there's a little more than some people's eyes told them. There was a lawsuit in wrestling. Randy Lewis and Leroy Smith and all that those athletes wanted them to do, they wanted the adjudication to look at the wrestling match that had happened and rescore the damn match the way it should have been scored. And both athletes came forward and said, hey, wait a minute. I wanted to have wrestled the same if the score was different. And the opponent said, you know, I wanted to wrestle the same either if the score was different. We wrestled our strategies based on the score that we were operating with. And the referee said, or the judge said, at what point did these scores get screwed up? And there was 42 seconds. So the referee said, we're going to keep the scores the way they are until this 42-second part. We're going to re-wrestle 42 seconds of a match because that's what's called bad time. Yeah. Okay, great. But now we have a precedence for bad time. When bad time in this match began, it's when Glazer has come to his feet and is charging Ferrari and he's putting the mouth to him. And we know that that's bad time because that's when the referee jumps in between them, tries to settle it down and says, stop. Now the referee has to move in a side motion because Zach is moving in a forward motion as the aggressor and AJ Ferrari is backing up to the point that he actually backs out of bounds. He is no longer in bounds when he then throws a slap. The slap is not good, but it got called a punch. And it got called a punch by the referee. This referee, who I really appreciated, did this well, just hold like... On. Hold on, Teal. Do you genuinely believe it was just a slap? Because yes. the motion is more straightforward. It's not... You know, you slap someone. Yes. You, you know, you do this thing. You slap them, right? You That's punch right. them. You go more straightforward. So That's you right. you believe it was a slap. I really believe it was a slap. Okay. And, 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 I'll, and I'll tell you this part. So this is after the referee has said stop. So the referee yeah. has already seen something that he is declaring bad. We then have the slap by Ferrari that's called, it's called a punch. Now, again, for the audience, if they didn't see it, they just have to have these words. Think of like a college football game or even high school now where the, the, the referee, where they call him a ref, or they call him an umpire, but he'll make a call, but he'll actually say what it is for the whole world to hear. Uh, interference, number four, 10 yards, first down. He'll, he'll actually spell it out. Well, this referee did too. He said he threw a punch, disqualification. They raised the Hawkeye's hand. So now they've raised the hand. Time is completed. There is no time on the clock. Time is completed. Mm -hmm. The guy that had less points than his <laughs> opponent is now the winner. And he's the winner because a punch was thrown. So you go back and you watch it. The whole thing's on tape. Not I'm watching, only ben, I'm watching right now. I got it up. It's frame by ben, frame. And make sure you do it slow. Not I am. only is but but not only is there not a punch thrown, a fist is not even made. A fist is never clenched at any Ooh, point I in this. I don't know about it's that. Always a hand, it's always a hand that's left open. Well, he definitely turns it over. He definitely turns you can see well, he turns. But if you keep watching it slow, you'll see what touches the opponent, and you will see that it but is, he is turns open his fingers. wrist over here. 
So you're saying he backhands him? Well, what well, I, I don't want to do is go too down that road. What, what I'm sharing for you is it was a, a slap. I'm actually. But what, you know, I, what I, I'm sharing. I, I like that you think he should win the match because I kind of think he should win the match too. I think it should be like he wins the match. However, he is disqualified from the tournament. He is the match winner, but he can no longer win the tournament because he is disqualified. I'd Certainly be, that would be a possibility. That'd be better. I, I see it in the rules as the same way because if you disqualify number two, that means you take number two to number one and we don't have a number two. That would mean you move more, number four to number three and three to number two. It's it's a really <laughs> weird, weird situation. Before we get in the rules, though, Ben, it sounds like okay. you and I have a discrepancy of what whether it was a slap or a backhand or a punch. Yeah, Hold I, on, though, please, because you, you'll be taking my point away from me because that wasn't okay. it. That was just a step in my process. Oh, my point okay, would be, okay, my okay. point would be this: Why did he punch him? And it wouldn't matter if you were a five-year-old kindergarten or you were twenty-five years old in front of a court. The, the judge is going to say the same thing as the kindergarten teacher who started this. And the reason they're going to do that is nobody expects it to be equitable. If I was to shoot a person in the head who never touched me and never verbally said a word to me, you'd think that's probably not going to look very good. But if I tell you, well, they were they were crawling through my window at one in the morning when my when children were sleeping, all of a sudden it's very different what the you response is. You live in Oregon. Is. You probably still get thrown in jail, chill. Well, every yeah, you're right about that. But every <laughs> now and then, right, like like it doesn't have to be equitable. And I feel as though this referee very clearly disqualified the athlete with the worst action. He's not supposed to disqualify who had the worst action. He's supposed to disqualify who started the bad action. That action never begins if Zach doesn't stand up and spin around. That action does not continue if Zach well, doesn't on. start talking. But, but AJ the did fast the, the head shove to start. Well, but the ref's got to step in there and break that. Come on, you and I know okay. that. That is AJ's yeah. move. You take him down, you circle out front. D don't let anything stop you but me. In MMA, they come in and they tell us that. Don't listen to yeah. whistles. Wait for me. I don't know what they do. I don't know what they do in wrestling, but I do know the referee didn't do anything in that moment, so he didn't have a problem with it. I do know when Zach got up and started coming at Fast Twitch, the ref stepped in there saying he does have a problem with it. I do know that when Zach starts putting the mouth to him, the referee had a problem with it and told him, stop talking. And I do know that, that Ferrari, when he threw whatever it was he threw, I think a slap, he did it backpedaling. To the point that he'd already left balance. Uh, I just watched I'm it. Not I not sure wish how he becomes he stopped. He stopped. Actually... At the point he's swinging, Glazier has both hands like this in front of him. Yep. I, I, got, I got a screenshot. I sent Tyler a screenshot. He's going to bring it up. Yep. <laughs> is this a, is it, Chael, is this a scenario where you just can't let him get too close? Is, it, is, this, a, is this a vandalay situation? Where you, yes. if you get in, your, in his bubble, you yes. are assuming a fight has started. Yes, but I, I, I wanted Ben to finish his point. I, I watched Ben fought 19 men, and all 19 Ben fought him with his hands up. But now he's saying because Glazer's hands were up, that was a defensive manner. I, I, I didn't really understand that point. If Ben had said Glazer's hands were down, I'd go, well, we should have hit him. But if his, if his, if his no, hands up were like up, this, that's, that's, were, that's Can you that's see aggressive. me right now? Okay, okay, look at this picture. Look at this picture. Okay. They're not up like this. They're up like this. Or are they? Look at or AJ's hand. It would I just, be hard to know what his intent was. I just they didn't posted. blow it up for me, Ben. It's a, it's a little tiny square in the corner. They didn't blow it Tyler, up. Tyler, zoom that in right there. Look at look at that motion by Ferrari. I can't see, I can't see his hands. Motion. Now, wait a second. Are, 
are we th- are we throwing the hands up, or is this where AJ is still playing, saying, "Please stay back"? Please no, stay you can back. see he's, even more, ah! he's like he's throwing it into it. Okay, but, oh. but this one actually lands. I mean, you can't, you can't. I mean, it didn't look like it landed with much force. Uh, it looked like it was intended to land. You know, he well, has only an amb- one landed though, right, Ben? This there's only one thrown. I don't know yeah, that that's, it landed that's or what not. I thought there's only one thrown, and that was only the, the open hand. I mean, there is a point where AJ is saying, "Hey, man, stop!" There's children watching. There, there's a point yeah. where he does that, but Glazer seems to be dead set where he's just coming forward. You know, it's like he saw yeah. he saw red or something. You know, he was so upset. Yeah. So, so the the I guess this could be this will probably be debated for all time. And the, and the worst part is we'll never know for sure. Wait, what, can I get can I get an opinion after this though? Oh, okay, uh, yeah. Yeah. On the form. My my wife and I were out to dinner uh, when Christian Piles texted me about what was going on here. We were dying laughing over the the side splits middle fingers because this is it's, it's a glorified inner squad. So you're essentially giving the side splits double middle fingers to your own home crowd. How do you feel about that? I'm so glad that you got it. Like that would have probably taken me in my in my little podcast way of telling stories eight minutes. You nailed that in about eight <laughs> seconds. That's his home crowd. Not to mention Ben. What about him wearing? What about him wearing that singlet? It's his own singlet, and he's representing yeah. unattached. Like, imagine the Ferrari broke into our show right now, and 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 he's talked about a disciplinary action taken by his team of unattached, and they just don't want him anymore. Somebody like him, he just can't do it. So I'm getting the unattached singlet away, and then like he uses that to hold up the Hawkeye singlet and say, "I've got this new club where I have a perfect slate. <laughs> you know, I've got a perfect record and a perfect slate. I sure am going to miss the the old team of unattached. Like that's a little bit clumsy by me, but there's something there. There is something to that whole thing." Look, I really did think he got railroaded on this, Ben. Um, okay. and, and if you do rewatch it, you will see a slap. You you will not see any kind of a backhand or a knuckle. You will actually, if you if you just go frame by frame, it, it's fingers and, and it, it hardly touches the opponent where he turns it over. The only part that touches is fingers. Referee called it a punch. I don't, I don't want to make sure, if you give me mo- a moment to be clear about this, I am not challenging that referee. That referee is great and he did a great job here. I thought it was a punch as well. I had to watch it the seventh and eighth time to see that that hand was open. And I am also right when I tell you, Zach's pressuring him. The referee steps between, not because of what Ferrari did. He stepped in between because of what Zach did. And I'm also right to tell you that AJ was backpedaling, including when he threw this slap, moving in a backwards manner. The flip-offs and all that aren't worth us talking about because that's not why the referee said he was disqualified. He said he was disqualified for the punch that turned out to be a slap. I just think that it's very relevant. And to revisit a match that was not protested, man, that's a stretch for me. I don't think that you can do that. I got into it with some guy online. His name's like Matt Wrestle or Matt Inter... Inter whatever his name is, and he was <laughs> coming down on me telling me what flagrant misconduct was. Flagrant misconduct, because it says right here you can't punch the guy. I think punch it might have been Nomad. I think it might have been Nomad. Wrestling Nomad is that his name? I don't know. That may I, I think I, I may have saw that. It, it's not Willie. Mill, Willie's one. I think Willie's scouts. It's yeah, not. He, it's he knows not, not to mess with you. Yeah, he's a scout. Well, I would just share like it, it was very weird for him to stand there and tell me he flagrantly threw a punch. Like no, he did not. He was attacked. He was under assault. And pile, <laughs> you you must understand if you're gonna fix this, you have to fix the words. So what okay. words are you going to put in there? Are you going to put in there that you can't do a slap? Be careful with that. The referee slaps the mat. Do we throw him out? 
Yes. A high five is the slapping of hands. Do we throw them out? The referees are instructed to tell you shake hands, but I hear them all the time trying to be the hipsters and say slap hands. So at what point can't you do it? What if Ferrari saw Zach Glazer on fire and he was trying to put out the flames? Can he slap him at that point? It's a, it's a weird one, man. This match was over. The referee lost control of the circle, the very circle of which AJ backed off of because he was under pursuit. They disqualified the wrong guy. <laughs> that, I love a, it. That's an all-time, all-time take. Um, I, I appreciate it. Um, okay, so the the aftermath of this uh, all, you know, fits aside. There's a couple of aftermaths, Bile. Yeah. I mean, the first of which is all the parents that get their kids into wrestling to learn defense. And I don't want a referee out there grandstanding, calling a slap a punch because it happened too quick, feeling he has to do something to detour other kids from standing up to bullies. AJ stood up to a bully. He tried to reason with him. He tried to back out of a situation. All of a sudden, it's two-on-one. It sure looked like the referee was back in Glazer. He puts the slap in just to let him know, I'm a little faster than you think, and I'm willing to do this. That was wonderful self-defense, and he set a great example, particularly for the younger youth that were probably watching. And I hope that he sold a whole bunch of singlets for it, even if he is going to leave the team of unattached and join the Iowa Hawkeyes. And that's tough. Uh, ben, what, what, what should, uh. or what do you expect the action to be for Iowa, for AJ after this? Uh, there, there's other oh, things man. to to discuss, but what do you think we see Coach Brands do in, you know, the wake of what just happened? Yeah. Uh, I mean, now Chael's got me in too good of a mood to talk serious stuff. Can we just make some more jokes? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I have a hard time seeing someone, I have, it feels like desperation. If I don't want someone on the team, it feels a little bit like desperation because this guy's been a lot of places. He's been not welcome at a lot of places after he's been there. Um, you know, and this is before he even gets there, and he causes all this, and it's like, well, you're only overtime better than Zach Glazier, who's number 26, so you got a guy who's decent, and Caleb Rapton beat Anthony Ferrari, so you're not really getting, you're not getting an upgrade right there, so you're going to get uh, probably a whole bunch of headache and hassle for not much of an upgrade. Now, I do realize AJ is likely to get better once he starts actually training. I realize that's going to be the case. Um but, man, seems seems like a whole headache for not a ton of upside right now. Chael, if you're the head coach of Iowa, what are you doing right now? Well, okay, this was uh, wrestling by pirates. Uh-huh, uh, that guy's funny. Pirates, okay. Yeah. I'm just letting you know, like, I don't want to falsely accuse somebody. I'll tell you what I'm doing. I mean, you know, it, it, Iowa brings them out. They've already got uh, one brother's in the lineup. they got another brother coming to the barn. They got AJ out there by everything that we're told. They stack the house against him. They don't give him a singlet. They make him pay his own entry fee. They put the head coaches in the corner of, I guess, the guy he's wrestling off. I imagine that there'll be a bit of an apology. I imagine it'll be, hey, can we have a fresh start? Can we have a clean start? We didn't do and treat you all that well. I mean, imagine if they were the ones that were to discipline AJ. And AJ's going to have to say, talk to the hand, because the face don't understand. You had an opportunity to give me a singlet. You had an opportunity to pay my entry fee. You declined to do both of those things. So the people that did pay my entry fee and did give me a singlet are the people that I need to answer to in this case, which isn't you. So that would be the very first conversation. And then he's going to have to make a decision if he's willing to forgive and forget. 
I mean, nobody seemed to, like, get in the way of this. It's a very bizarre situation to have a completed wrestling match. I mean, the history books will read, completed match, less points, more points, winner, guy with less points. It's just a weird thing to do, and the people that are against it have never gone through a wrestling match. I mean, one of the baddest dudes in America went through five courageous guys in one day, and the books say that it never happened. I don't know. I think that it's a tough spot. I think that he'll be able to forget it and forgive it. Can I ask you guys a different question? You want to know how few times I hear you talk about Oregon State, by the way? Do you, do you know that we are making massive headway out here? I hear oh, yeah. Michigan covered all the time. I love Michigan. It's one of the reasons I don't talk about them, because I have to talk about how badly they choked out in Vegas. Uh, ASU sure does a great job, particularly at the end of the year. They're not even the reigning conference champions because the Oregon State Beavers are. And sometimes I just wonder, like, did we do something, Pyle and Askren? Like, did we not invite you here? Like, is there a reason that you're upset with us? What would you say, oh, since this season started, what what did we miss with Oregon State that we didn't discuss? Because we de- certainly <laughs> talked about what, what is We love what Chris is, Pelton. What has happened this year? Yeah, I would think that you would. Yeah. I would yeah. Th- ben, I got asked to go in and talk to the junior national team in Oregon, and uh-huh. Chris Pendleton in Oregon State put them up. Gave them the dorm rooms, opened the, the food to them, all the, the mat surface. It wasn't like that when I was in high school. Like, this was a real treat, and Coach Pendleton helped to make sure that it happened for our, our boys and girls. But I did tell them a story. I got asked a question, and the question is one of my great greatest rivalries ever. And I said, well, the greatest rivalry I've ever enjoyed is Chris Pendleton versus Ben Askren. And, Pyle, you might not know this either. There are more matches between those two than just what you saw on TV on the baby blue mat. For example, there is a match in the back room uh, in Tempe, Arizona, of one of the great tournaments ever called Sunkissed, and Askren's on top, and Pendleton's way of defending the down is he's just going to crawl out of bounds. And if you crawl out of bounds, you didn't return to parterre. If you got out of bounds, you return to your feet at this time. Askren jumps to a foot, grabs or jumps to his feet. Now you got Pendleton down in front of him. Askren grabs Pendleton's foot, and as he's pulling him back on the mat, Askren says to him, oh, no, you don't, Chris. I'm going to turn you. As he pulls him back towards the middle, it was just this awesome moment. It was just this wonderful moment. Uh, I think and I, I told the kids that story, by the way, Ben. They ate one. it up. They, they <laughs> ate it up. I remember That's that awesome. match. I was up at 84, I think. Um, yep. Yeah, I pumped up for that one. It's the only time they wrestled freestyle at I think it was called 86, but yes. No, it was 84. Remember, I don't remember what weight class it was at that point. 84, 86, one of the two. It was 84, 86 didn't the exist then. Um, well, okay. Well, but, 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 but the weight official was 84, but I believe they I believe they got spotted oh, two kilograms. Oh, right. he's right. They did. They gave us, yep, he's right. <laughs> oh, okay. There you go. You got me. There with you the, go. With the allowance. Several times. All right. We will, uh, you know, Oregon State has a big match against Penn State coming up in, I believe, just a couple days. Um, are you going to help them pack the arena? Oh yeah, yeah. That's the 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 ninth, and they did one last year, but it was Oklahoma State. But they brought them to town, and man, we we had uh, fifty eight hundred people, which for wrestling in this area makes the biggest building that I personally have ever got to be in. Uh, th- this venue seats closer to fourteen thousand, and the word is really getting out. One thing that that I mean, they did great against Oklahoma State, but one thing that hurt them is. We, as a community, did not know how special Pendleton and company was going to make it. So when we get there, that's when we find out they got the raised mats. 
When we get there, that's when we see all the mascots and all of the cheerleaders. When we get there, that's where we see that they set up chairs around the raised... Nothing beats a raised map, by the way, and they are so cheap to do. But when you take the time to do it, that's when we find out about the big screens introducing the athletes. That's when we find out the spoke machine and the spotlight and the special announcer. Dude, it was such a badass show. I took my son to it, and all my son wants to do is wrestle since he nice. saw that. It, what, ben, you know those kinds of you know those ones yeah. that make they give you, they inspire you. Yeah, and of oh, thank God they did it. But but we as a community didn't know they were doing it. Chris just asked the community to come. It was like the first time we were invited, so it's like, well, we all better go. No, man, he gave us our money's worth big time, and they're nice. and they're breaking those same stops out for Penn State. That's going to be on January 9th. All right, and the whole state of Oregon better show up. Yes. Oh, they'll be there. They'll be there in big packs. Now that now the they came out just out of respect because Coach Pendleton asked them to. Now now that they know that Chris is going to give them uh, a return, yeah, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be full. Yeah. All right. We're, let Love it not it. be said that we're not fans of uh, Oregon State here. We shout them out. I mean, it calls into question if you actually watch the show as often as you claim to, Chael. But uh, I will. I will. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, I really did feel that you shunned them. So so yeah, I'm I'm happy to have egg on my face on that one. And by the way. You both are are invited if you would like to come to this Penn State thing. If you give us a heads up, whatever whatever accommodations you fancy pants kind of guys need, but we'll make it happen. <laughs> I, I appreciate we would love that. to have you. I appreciate that. Well, January nine—that's a Tuesday. Is that right? That can't be right. Well, let, let's check that. Let it, it, it is it is an off day, but it, it, I thought the I thought it was a, a I Wednesday. I, guess, I, guess right, I mean, I apologize. A, a Monday spring. or a Friday. So let's just check that real fast. I'm, I'm almost right there. Now. January 5th, that's this Sunday. Uh-oh. Or is it this Our, Friday? I'm sorry, this Friday, this Friday, it's this Friday. Yep, car arrives for duel. Yep, I even got chauffeured, sir, so my car arrives yeah, at 3 o'clock. Yeah, you are fancy. Oh, well, that, I'm just saying, like, that's the way you go. I've never been to a football game, anything like this. Like, this is the one. I'm getting, We got pre-funks, there'll be a little barbecues going. Like, you, you'd be blown away if you knew... Chris Middleton is great at everything that he does, yeah. but attracting the right coaches and attracting the right people around him is his number one skill. Are He's, you uh, are you taking the wife and the kids and everybody? Oh yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. Nice. We got a van. It's called a Sprinter van, and okay. it's like it's got a little bathroom in it if you wanted to, but it's also got a flat screen for kids, and so they can play their video game. It's a very nice way to travel. The, the bad news, Ben, it's 55 minutes from my house. Like, it's greatly excessive, but it just feels like a special <laughs> night. Like, it's just something to add yes. to the special night, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I would. But by the way, by the way, am I right to tell you, my mother's going to ask me, am I right to tell you that you both conceded on Mr. Fast Twitch that he was being attacked, that he did do this no. in a defensive no, manner? No, no. That so this retribution the, the, or this retaliation did not take place. To... That this was a simple defense by a scared athlete who was clearly outnumbered <laughs> by all these people supporting him. So here's what I'll well, say. He's out there if... with little unattached on his own, frightened. If that were the case, why would he say, I would like to form, come out and formally say I'm disappointed in my re- reaction this weekend and let my emotions get the best of me, and that is something I will continue to work on. Iowa has been good to me. I deeply regret my behavior. A.J. Ferrari Jr., if that were the sure. case, why would he say this, Chael? Well, I thought he did owe that apology. I just think you're missing what it was for. He never should have been in overtime in that situation. And he was so <laughs> dead set. 
Uh, well, that's that why I is took it true. as he was so was... dead set of going to that single leg attack from the outside when I thought the apology just meant I should have got inside controls, I should have moved my opponent, I should have come to the opposite, like he always does. It's what he did to Ami in the semifinals a couple of years ago. He yeah. steps, he pulls him, he drops down sure. before he does his torpedo finish. thought he was just saying sorry, you sorry, sorry, torpedo sorry finish. I tried these new techniques. Torpedo sorry finish? I made everybody nervous and went into overtime. I'll do better next time. I, I was actually so I thinking... I was actually, you guys can, you guys can comment us. I was thinking, if prior to the soldier's salute, you had given me two gambling options, Christian. You said, on the one, what are going to be the odds AJ Fry goes to overtime with Zach Glazers? On the other hand, what is the chances that AJ Fry gets disqualified for some crazy action? Uh, man, I'm betting on number two before I'm betting on number one. 100%. 100%. That, and that is what's sort of one of the many things that gets lost in the soldier salute is that AJ looked fine as like a high quality wrestler, but he did not look like a national champion um, mm -hmm. at the soldier salute, kind of far from it. And that's is Glazier has been, you know, reasonably tough this year. I don't think he's lost yet, um, apart from whatever you want to consider his, his match against AJ. But the fact that AJ really, it wasn't that, he couldn't score. He really didn't try. I mean, the offense, he, he was not attacking a lot throughout well, the match. Man, he, but he was, I mean, and this is what I said, he's probably going to get better. He's actually in a good room oh, yeah. and he's training. But when they go, when he gets called for stalling. Bad call. Bad looks, call, by he, the way. You did not like it. Horrible. Horrible call. So, um, okay, here's what I feel. I feel I wish they would call the stalling on the back out more. They don't. So give, given the way it has been called this year, I, I would tend to agree with you, Christian. But I would like to see that call. If we're going to make Stalling when they back out, actually call Stalling when they back out because that was what happened. I wouldn't but, call it a back out. He, what would he, you call it? He wound up out of bounds. He pressured towards the boundary and attacked and wound up out of bounds. Um, he didn't back. Uh, he did not uh, back out. I'm going to have to rewatch it. I, I believe he, he ends up close to the out of bounds and, and then does I'll rewatch it also. Out. I'm going to rewatch it right now because maybe I okay. misremembered. But that's that's my... Immediate recollection, but yeah, the, the yeah. AJ the wrestler, go Ben. Uh, yeah. So I mean, he 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 kind of like is like what, and then he takes a break, and you could tell like he's tired. Now he's tough, and he's a winner, so he kept going despite the fact that he was tired. But he was he was probably far, far from peak form. Um, and yes, the fact that he went to overtime was that Glazer. Glazer's not. He's not terrible, but he yeah. is, um, we'll say, probably nowhere close to being in the top 10, which is, that's kind of who AJ wants to be at this point, right? He's yeah. not probably all that worried about beating number 26 or whatever. Yeah, did you did you think uh, the, the stall call was merited, Chael? I really did not. I, um, I did think it was, uh, I thought it was inconsistent more than anything. I felt like I had seen that same position and that it was inconsistent. I guess I have to speak to consistency because I did make that part of my AJ argument. Everybody that AJ took down in that entire tournament, he came out front and he pressured on the head. But if time was out, I mean, you can't do that to a guy. I'm, I'm willing to look at it. It's just, I can only imagine being outnumbered like that, being booed, having your future coaches in the opposing corner, then have to find out you got to beat a referee as, as well. How the aggressive guy is the winner, how the aggressive guy is the one backpedaling is beyond me. How we call it a slap, a punch, we've got it on video and the three of us haven't even fully cleared that up today. I don't know, man. It feels like a bit of an inside job. Inside job. <laughs> bit of an inside job. Not the first time Mr. Fast Twitch has been falsely accused of something. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, all right. I think we've – I don't know if we've exhausted the AJ topic because – I think we have. Let's move on. Can we, well, gentlemen, can I bring one up can I, real fast? Yeah, I, whatever you want to talk people. about. Well, just on Gable, and, and I know that we've all gone around and around, but at some Dan point... Dan or Stevenson? Should... Dan Gable or Stevenson? Stevenson. Okay. I, I know at some point we have to stop, but fellas, what is the actual rule? If he is not enrolled in school, just by example, but when the second term starts, which is, I believe, on Monday, if he is not enrolled at the University of Minnesota, we are all done talking. Is that correct, or does he have an ability to enroll? Man, later? I would have to think he's probably like, I mean, this is what I said with AJ, because they have to do certain amounts of school. Like, they have to be moving towards their degree. If he's not enrolled, he's going to be way far behind. It seems like he told everyone he was going to wrestle, uh, and it does not seem that that's going to be the case. Did he? Sure. Yes, he did. Where? where? He did. He uh, held a, te- listen, he held a team I'm, meeting. I'm he not telling you. You keep secrets. Yeah, I, well, I heard the same thing as Chael. <laughs> Chael telling the secrets. Oh, yeah, well, I apologize if I just broke one. I, I, uh, but it was very uh, long ago, Pyle. It was before the season even started. He was in there all the time. And he was even a leader, even in the times when it's like, hey, I'm not going to wrestle. And don't forget that time frame. Like, he didn't tell anyone until, was it nine days, maybe ten days before the World Championships, I'm not going. Mason Paris had better be ready. So when he didn't go to the Worlds and then it was found out that he wasn't hurt or injured and he wasn't even told by the WWE that he can't go to the Worlds. Like, when that all got revealed, we thought, okay, this guy's probably done. But he kept going in the room. And he was mainly using the Minnesota room to lift weights, but he was still in the room. He was still on the mat. He'd still get some drills. He'd go talk to some guys. He was a really good leader about three days a week. So he finally sits the team down. And again, time time frame is important, but this was it was a red hot rumor that Gable was wrestling, but he was wrestling for the Hawkeyes. And yeah. he got the team together and said, hey, there's a lot of rumors going. I, I just do want to clear this up. I am wrestling. I am not going to the Hawkeyes. I would never leave you. This is my team. I am your captain. And when he did it, you always had to wonder how much of a schedule is he going to take on? Is he going to just Big Tens and Nationals? Is it that type of situation? And he didn't clarify that, but when he was speaking, he did speak to his number one goal, which was to win the Hodge. And to win the Hodge, you got to take on a full schedule. So everybody that heard it thought that was an announcement of, I'm back and I'm back full time. In fairness, full time was not the word used. Pursuing the Hodge was the term that was used. So what... Yeah, I thought you guys were referring to some sort of public like statement on something no, behind behind I heard closed the same. doors. It's chill. Um, yeah, I mean, I heard the same, but I think no, with, no, don't act like you're on it now. We know you, you, you know, you're no, not, yeah, you, know, you don't have no, the inside information like we do. No, okay, out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Um, yeah, I heard that. Everyone heard that, but I mean, sure. people, people were announcing that it was it was happening. Um, but I think what we've seen with Gable is like, man, you you got to go more by what is actually happening than than what is said, yeah. especially what is said behind closed doors. Not well. Without. I want to hear uh, Chael's take then on why De- Gable is not being a WWE superstar yet because I thought he was going to go to the top fast. What's the problem? He had a match with a guy named Corbin, and I'm going way back. It, it was the first match that was shown in the TV, and it got panned so hard by the critics. But first off, those critics live in a little .com, kind of like been our group with the Underground Forum or the wrestling okay. community right here with, with Pro Radio, uh, Radio Live. Like, there's just a couple of places that run it, but I wouldn't think that it could bust a guy's career, and I personally thought he looked really good. Not just 
not just not bad, I thought he did really good, but that set him back. And then the WWE is doing all sorts of cuts. He, Gable did find out, I'm just one of the boys, and I could be cut like anybody else. That allegedly is what motivated it and kind of put a, a fire under his ass, if you will, to focus on wrestling. But I see it the other way. I, I saw it very much. Hey, if you're eligible to be cut, if they're not in love with you that much, there's a million dollars waiting for you in amateur wrestling that you will have by March 16th, which isn't that far away. And nobody's going to be threatening you every day. And uh, the wellness test, which has got to be a, a tremendous concern, is a little bit less over here. You've danced with that one before. You won the dance before. Like, keep playing the same game. I just thought that there was a... I, I thought the fact that you could be cut anytime from WWE would be more of a motivation to say, well, these guys can't, can't. I have eligibility. It's a very valuable thing. I'm going to go use my eligibility, but... Ben, I, I don't believe it. There, There is no part of the WWE telling him he can't go uh, and wrestle for Minnesota. There's also no part of the WWE that's telling him that we wouldn't appreciate you if you had another Olympic gold medal. That is an excuse being made by a guy that doesn't want to strap up. I'm okay with that. I mean, sometimes you put your time in, you win enough things, and you just don't want to do it anymore. But mm. I think it would be fine if we all told the truth about it. So that's what yeah. you think. You think he's just reluctant to, to compete, and you think the WWE ha would have no issue with it? Yeah. yeah. Which is a surprise. I mean, if you look at how well he did at the trials, or even with his matches with Mason, you know, three matches last year, three whippings, one of them a, a technical fall. Mason's the top three guy in the world. And you could do the world tournament ten times. He's never not coming home with a medal. Yeah. I don't disagree. I mean, Mason's that good, which speaks to Gable is that good. And that's a hard one for mm -hmm. me to relate for. Like, you, you know, you got to wrestle at NCAA tournament every year. Like, every year anybody could do it. We, we got a world champion right now who's not undefeated on the year. Um, except kind of with Gable. Gable. Gable is the biggest lock that I've ever seen. He's the biggest shoe in it that I've ever seen. And I just couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine being that good and not wanting that recognition. But... Yeah, that's his business. I don't begrudge him for it. I'll just tell you, I'm surprised about it. Yeah, I wish we would get some more news on that front. Now, I haven't really thought about it for a while because we haven't brought it up. But now I'm, uh, I'm frustrated. I wish we got to see him do something. Sure, everyone. Knows well, it. I really do feel like Minnesota owes an answer, though. Like Coach Agum owes an answer, and it, it, it's not to walk a fence. It's one way or the other. You have a heavyweight in the room. You have a heavyweight sacrificing every day. Is he your guy or not? Will you take that chance from him and give it to Gable at any time? I mean, if we're going to destroy this active heavyweight's morale, let's just go ahead and destroy his morale. Is he the one you want? Is he your afterthought? At some point, he has to do enough for you that if this guy tries to come back in, there's no more wrestle-offs. There's no more time. At some point, it has to be this guy or that whole program lacks courage. And that's what it's looking like, by the way. It's looking like that whole program. I'll tell you this much. But as a grown man, if I got a 22-year-old, he's doing what I tell him to do. If I'm a grown man and I paid for a 22-year-old's education, he's going to do what I'm going to tell him to do. If I have a if I have, if I have a program this uh, acclaimed in success, and I got an old man named Vince sitting in a high tower somewhere in Connecticut making decisions that affect my program, I'm going to go see Vince in that tower, and when I'm done, <laughs> they're going to do what I want I don't know if that's going to gonna go so well for you, Chael. Even you, Vince, might, hey, he might put a hurt on you. you. The lack of courage being showed here, the, the, the lack of demanding respect, yeah. if that guy isn't going to do all of these things, you kick him out of the room. 
Yeah, he, honestly, it's not an open door where he gets to just come in, bring down the morale of your current heavyweight. You kick him yeah. out of the room. It's one or the other. Yeah, that's honestly that's how I feel about. You know, I was thinking about if I was a head college coach, like the NIL situation. I feel that way kind of a lot with these teams who are bringing in a lot of NIL guys uh transfers specifically it's like if you have a guy in the room this is what you're saying if you have a guy in the room who's working really hard and he's doing all the right things and you're going in to bring a whole bunch of other guys in the room it's like that's got to be such a, a, a negative thing towards team morale right it's affecting the chemistry of the team because everyone always feels like they're on the cutting block i mean ratchin's a great example because like right they brought in bonovich and ferrari at that weight class and ratchin just beat them both like so even if he wasn't the best guy, it's not by a lot. Like it's probably by a very, very little bit. And you know, sure. this weekend he he was the best guy. So you got this best guy in the room. And you're bringing in two guys kind of on top of him. That's uh, that I don't know. That would be such an issue to me if, if for like, hey, I'm trying to help all of you guys, except you, you, and you. I'm gonna bring guys on top of you because you know, right. like, right. you're not good enough. And the tension's not yeah. below the surface. You know, Ratchy is you know, yeah, gives a little shove. Ferrari shoves back. He does the AJ flex right in his face. That's not a coincidence. That is a a statement that I'm not for this. I'm not for this guy being on the team. I mean, Caliendo and Kennedy wrestled with, with, with no issue. It is, it's a, it's Ferrari specific, that tension. And not that there's not tension. And I'm saying there's tension, but like Caliendo Kennedy, that's tense, but it's below the surface, right? They still wrestle like competitors and and teammates or whatever. But, um, (laughs) Yeah, I, I do think there that is a potential impact. And I, I think no one's – I think it's a pretty big shock that Ratchy won, won that, though. I mean, you can say that, Ben, but like – think so? Ra- yeah, yes. Well, I, I literally just brought up last week. I literally said that dude was free, a beast in high school. Yeah. Uh, you know, I haven't heard much out of him. I remember um, his – maybe it was, his, it was either senior or his redshirt year, and he had a, he had a pretty solid run at uh, UWW Juniors, which is usually a good indicator – um, let's see. He's five and one on the year. His one loss is to Sam Cartella from Northwestern in overtime. Uh, yeah, I mean his uh, yeah his record's not uh, not uh, super great. Um, but he was really good in high school, and I mean he did he literally just beat both the guys. So if you're saying he's not that good, then they're probably not that great either. Oh, I'm not saying he's not that good. I'm saying there was nothing he's not a top that ten guy like you did. <laughs> no, there's nothing that suggested he was going to beat Victor Voinovich and Anthony Ferrari in this tournament. That's what I'm saying. Okay. That's it. That's fair. But, but uh, you know, it's two-on-one this this episode. That's okay. That's, well, and, that's and just, fellas, that's just I, how I, I like I, it. Could, could we just have an official answer on Gable? Uh, er, let, let, let me give you a scenario. I don't know. I don't have if, an answer. If Gable was to come back now, he hasn't done any, but, but if he was to come back now, do you think it would be right if they opened – the doors for him. Yes. I, I think all of us are saying yes still at this point. That it's. Yeah. I just officially yeah. wanted to hear that. Okay. And then more over to the rule. If he is not enrolled at the start of the semester, can you bring him in in February and re-enroll him even though classes are, are five and six weeks uh, in? Like, does anybody I, have I don't to know th- the rule I don't think so. That? I don't I, think so. I, I do not He's got to be enrolled then in one week when they open. He, he, needs, to, yeah. he needs to get in school, yes. Um, yeah. I have no issue if if they if he got enrolled now and they didn't roll him out till Big Tens and NCAs. I I wouldn't have an issue with that because ultimately Brandon Egum's charge is to field the best team he can, 
And yeah. there's no scenario where Gable Stevenson doesn't fit that description. You got a Big Ten and NCAA champion. But, okay, I, this is, no, I'm going to push back on this. I, I disagree, Christian, because, it, I mean, and this is what Chael was speaking to, the morale of the team when you have one guy working so hard. And I think Bennett Tabor, who is their starting hand, is young, so maybe he would have a few more years uh, to come back after this. But, man, it just says such a thing when you let a guy do something because because of his skill level, because he's so good. Now, listen, if he's been in the room and he's been working hard every day, I will, I will retract my statement. But if he's been in and out and then you just let him wrestle Big Tens and NCAAs, I feel like that's such a... I don't know. I don't, I don't why, like it at Why all. do you practice, Ben? And Ben, maybe well, hold on, problem hold on, that hold on. Why do, you, why do you practice? What? Why do you practice? Why do you do wrestling practices? To get good at wrestling. To get good. To, to, to have, achieve a skill level. Okay. Yeah. That's why you practice. So no matter what is happening, I don't care if he's not showing up at all. If he's still that guy at Big Ten's NCAAs, who cares if he is or isn't so going Christian, to play? And I don't think that would be the scenario. At what level of practices do you let people skip? Or at what level of skill level do you say, well, you're an All-American. You're good enough, so I guess you don't have to come to practice <laughs> Listen, anymore. I'm not talking about Anthony Ferrari or Caleb Bracci or Victor Voinovich. I'm talking no, about... Let's talk, let's, it's well, no, let's... It's All-American. He took third place last year. He's good enough. Hey, hold on. I let you go. I let you guys... All right, I'll sorry, say this. Go. All right, I'll try. Gable is not Gable is an exception. He's an exception of the exceptions. And not that he won, not that the, he would do this, not that he would not practice at all and just show up at Big Ten's NCAAs. He would be prepared. But if he did, it it doesn't matter. You practice to be good. He's the best. You make an exception. This isn't a marginal upgrade. This is a lock to win Big Tens. This is a lock to win NCAAs. You're trying to put your best team on the mat. If he is eligible and able to wrestle, you are a fool to not wrestle him. And the, the morale is the morale, but it's I don't think Gable winning Big Ten's NCAAs is going to have a net negative impact on team morale. He's he's mm. an exception. It's not, it's not a marginal upgrade. I disagree. Once you lose people's respect, you lose people's respect. And they know, they know, you might hold us to standards now, but, but when it's going to give you enough of a benefit, your standards are going to go out the window. Any coach... And that is, that, that is, is not something I would be willing to give up. I'm sorry, you may. I may not. I would not. I any, would hold to my standards. Dan Gable, Jerry, uh, uh, Jimmy Johnson, all these coaches, many, many coaches will, will tell you. that I don't care. They're not they, me. I'm telling you I'm holding standards. Okay, and I'm telling you there's other there's, – there's a world where there's other more than one way to do things right. Okay? And many coaches will tell you, hey, treat all the guys differently. There is a different standard. There's a, now, I'm not saying that's how I would want to do it. I'm saying there is a world where that happens in professional sports. It happens in collegiate sports where you make exceptions for some guys. Dan Gable talks about it all the time. I'm not saying it's this, but he was very he had very different standards for when guys would have to work out, compete, etc. Yeah. Um, and I'm just extending that to this Gable situation. And one of the, one of the standards would be you got to come to practice some of the times. And I'm sure he would. <laughs> I'm sure he would. Chael, would you, you just like said, Gable on the even team? if he didn't. You said, even if he never did, you would still put him in. Yeah. I mean, listen. <laughs> do you want to win the way? Christian. It's Gable Stevenson. It's Gable. <laughs> this it's, was like, it's not like he's like, hey, man, I need off Thursdays because I'm a heavyweight and it, you know, my, it takes a little more off my body or something like that. He's like, you said if he never comes to practice, you're still putting him in. I cannot jive with that. Don't jive then. Take, hey, you take, know movie? Take night to Big Tens. Take night to Big Tens. gonna love this. Chill's a little older than me. I watched, dude. I watched Trading Places with Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy. Oh, I, I couldn't believe some of the stuff they were saying. 
It's like, oh my god, they're saying this in movies? <laughs> I haven't seen it. But he did call him a jive turkey one time. You can't jive with that. What, G- Chael, would you like Gable on your wrestling team if he didn't do any practices? No practice. I'm only sharing for you that there there would be a conversation. I mean, let's make believe. Let's make believe that they told the guys earlier in the year, hey, guys, if Gable never comes in but we can get him eligible, of course we're going to put him in the lineup. Like, if that was a standard, but I think the fact that the current heavyweight, and that guy does work very hard, he is trying his best, and he's got pretty good potential. But if he's got three years left, I think it hurts the case. I think that's where he comes in and goes, man, am I your guy or not? If you're going to take, you know, I, I get it. Gable can beat me, you say, but we had wrestle-offs. We had wrestle-offs on Tuesday. I showed up with a singlet. There was nobody named Gable that showed up with a singlet. So I won the wrestle-off. Like, are are we going by any kind of protocol or this guy just comes in? When he does come in, do I get to wrestle him off? Or are you just assuming? Because that does hurt morale. And so what if we bring in Gable? It, It doesn't help with recruiting. Hey, you had Gable. Well, you kind of had Gable. Uh... I, you know, you've got a few more team points, but it's not like you really had Gable. That you really brought yeah. your team against Wisconsin for the duel, and you really brought your team against uh, uh, Nebraska and Michigan, and it wasn't him. And what do you do if you're the heavyweight that comes back? You come back next year, and you're a junior. I got two years left, and I think it's my spot. They're not gonna. I, I just think it's. I think it's yeah. a weird position, it and I would have planned ahead for it. I, I would have already had those conversations to make sure that I I did have the ability to bring Gable, but, but I mean, the embarrassment that Gable is showing them and Minnesota's way of handling it is to say nothing, like we're taking the high road. You're not taking the high road. You're taking a cowardly road. Come out and make a statement. Come out and just say, if he comes back, we would love to suit him up. Come back and say, it's too late. We have our team. He's welcome to support as a grad assistant. He is out. Be somebody. And Minnesota is nobody. They are just floating around, letting a 22-year-old kid dictate what they do. Man, there is never a day in my life my pride would seek so low that an uneducated, non-degree-in-hand professional wrestler who's yet to cut a check to the program is going to tell me a goddamn thing. Well, there you have it. Uh, And let's talk about the Midlands. Well, Chill. I mean, how disappointed are you? We have the not exhausted sunk to the level it has, and it's not all that competitive anymore. Well, hold on. I was stunned. Are man, I was stunned. I yeah. I reached out to Rhino about this, in fact, and I said, "Hey, man, there's a bunch of dudes, including uh, Ragusan, that are talking about they just won the millions in 2023. That must have been like January 2nd of earlier in 2023. Like I must have missed it. You're not telling me there was a Midlands over the weekend because the only thing that I saw and the only thing that Flo covered was, uh, you know, the 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 soldier salute. I didn't even know the Midlands took place. So oh, that man. one, yes, I did go find. I saw it. And I saw how that Ryder was, and you know, Franklin Marshall's got guys going for medals, and I just go, man, that's not the Midlands I ever entered. I, I didn't know. I don't know this tournament. Do you have a good Midlands story, Chael? Yeah, well, I mean, Midlands was just—I mean, it was—it was—it was just steel on top of steel. But uh, during my time, by example, um, uh, Dave Schultz had entered the one one year prior to me going to it. But you know, you'd always have these old dogs coming back. Stephen Neal, uh, just by example, the time I was there, Joe Williams, because it was the holidays and he's from Illinois, he'd be home for Christmas type thing. He entered that Midlands. And I want to say it was nine straight, whatever it was, but it was a record. Uh, you know, these were just good memories. Uh, Alan uh, Freed entered back when Alan Freed was still Aaron, Alan Freed. He got upset by a young man named Casey Cunningham out mm. of Central Michigan. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, Matt Hughes, who was fighting for UFC titles, Matt Hughes made the finals of the Midland. What? He went five, he went no, five you three. Stop. He went five three with Joe Williams. No, I don't believe it. What year was that? I'm going to look it up. Uh, I, I'll be able to tell you. Uh, okay. Uh, Probably the mid 90s? 98. 98. 98. But see, but then they put, it used to be the first of the year. So it could have rolled into the new year, but I'm going to go 98. I thought it was always December 39. uh, Could have been. It could have been. And then we celebrate New Year's there. We we turned it into a road trip in Oregon. But 1998, (laughs) he wrestled unattached. It was 5-3 over the Joe Williams. Okay. I'm I'm going to pull up the brackets. I'm going to look at this. 158 pounds. Uh, no, it wasn't 98. Oh, you were. You're right. 174. 74. All right. Matt Hughes wrestled for the Wildcat Wrestling Club? I didn't know that. Yeah. And who, who are they? Who's the Wildcat? It must have been, no, I'm guessing that's Northwestern's club, right? I would think so as well. He wrestled at like Eastern Illinois, though, Matt did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he was competitive. It's called like Eastern Illinois. Man, this bro, these brackets are so good. But listen. Uh, Jody Stripmotter, champion, Pat McNamara, uh, TJ Williams, Casey Cunningham, Joe Heskett, Joe Williams, Kale Sanderson. Dang, those are some good brackets. Will you go to 97? Oh, Chael Sutton, seventh place over Chris Vike. Okay, and who else Who else placed that year, Ben? Who, who uh, won at that Steve, weight class, 97? I don't know this guy. Andre Rodzienko? I don't know him. He beat Zach Thompson, who was a national champ, so he must have been yeah. good. And then Lee Fullhart, who was a national champ, was in third place. Lee got third. Who won it? This, this, who Rod, won it? Rod Zianko? I don't know him. I don't remember. And who did he represent? Pennsylvania? Penn, yeah. You Penn. He was a Russian guy. He was a Russian guy that came over okay. and he, he was good all the time. But then that one year, he had a, a really good year. But mm. that's the year uh, J- Jason Robertson wasn't champion, huh? Who? All right. Who got third that year? Hey, what, what, what weight class are you talking about? 97. 197. It was uh, Zach Thompson took second, Lee Fullhart took third. He did. All right. All right. Very interesting. I lost to Lee Fullhart one time. How old were you guys? I was I was probably 18 or 19. What weight class? US, U.S. Open. I always wrestled up until ah. after I was done with college. Because remember, sure. it was 63, 85, or whatever. Yeah. Christian, you're bored. What do you want to talk about? You don't love talking about historical Midlands results? This well, is I was going to say, they what also... What about uh, the Southern Scuffle, by the way? It's down yeah. also. Big time down. But it also happened, right? I follow Flo every no, day. Flo happening. never said the word Midlands, and they've never said the word Scuffle over the weekend. Not Christian, once. Get it together. Well, this is well, all Midland, you. Scuffle started yesterday. Um, <laughs> so the, we did plenty yesterday. Um, okay, so the Scuffle's still going. Yeah. Yes. It's, semis are oh, at, All right. At uh, one Eastern. Hey, Ethan, these guys died like five minutes ago. Will you let the corner know to mark their toe tag? Just hang up. They won't even know that we're. Like, they, they quit talking. I think Pyle took a nap the last five minutes. Hey, guys, what's six feet tall, charming, and disappears whenever the F he wants? Go bump. <laughs> I don't know if he's six foot tall. I'd say 5'11. He's, no, he's six. He's six. You think sure. so? Yeah, I'm six two, and he's like, "You're six two. You're five seven. Yeah, no, I'm six two. No, um, Midlands used to. Hey, listen, I'm willing, Midlands used to be a beast tournament, though. It was so tough. Yeah, it's really oh, yeah. disappointing. Well, what I was gonna bring up, even though I was bored, um, <laughs> he, you, listen, you know what's funny? 
He can <laughs> every anytime we're on the phone, he can always tell when I'm at the at a point like I it's it happens probably in every phone conversation I have, but he can always tell, "All right, you're done with me. Goodbye." And he just hangs up. Like he can tell uh, he has a he has a good spidey sense or I'm just obvious to read. But I was going to say that Hughes and Williams wrestled the year before and it was a 6-3 win for Joe there. So he wrestled him tough. Mm-hmm. But nice. hey, I want to I want to go back. I don't want to got to go to Midlands yet because there was tons of other soldier salute stuff that happened. Um, okay. and I don't know if we've fully exhausted the AJ stuff to begin with, but I want to talk about the there was actually Well, here, let me ask you, let me ask you cuz we I don't think we ever really got to it cuz Joe yeah. was he was quite distracting. Um if you were the coach now we would we know you have double standards and you would not like able practice but yet still compete. Would you take AJ on the team given that he is likely to be um, a headache, a distraction, whatever you want to call it? That it is likely at this point. Well, what I would have as a coach that I don't have now is is a broader perspective and understanding of what does it mean if you bring him to the team? How does the team feel about that? What is AJ's yeah. actual contrition level? Is his contrition level the statement he put out? Or is his contrition level the Scarface scene he posted in his Instagram story afterwards? Mm, where, l- let me give you a little bit of perspective here. And, and this is what I'm getting at. I, I, I'll say, I don't think his contrition, I don't find it to be authentic at all. Because immediately after, or not immediately after, the next day at some point, he posts this Scarface scene yeah. which if you haven't seen Scarface probably you have he says he's a drug dealing murderer guy and he I've actually his, never watched it but I, I know I know, I know what's going on there it's not great so the, the, he's at this dinner okay he's at a dinner with an associate and his girlfriend and he's drunk and he's talking to the girlfriend he's making fun of the girlfriend for being infertile and being a drug addict which he is as well and he's also a cocaine dealer and he ends up hitting his girlfriend. There's a confrontation, oh, and the girlfriend leaves. And so he's made this big scene in this fancy restaurant. He's in a tuxedo. They're all dressed to the nines. He makes this big scene in a fancy restaurant. Wait, he posted this whole scene, or do you no, no, no. know the scene because you watched the movie? I I know the movie. Um, okay. So, but he posts the scene right after he hits the woman, calls, makes fun of her for being infertile. The the woman leaves, and then. Everyone, all the eyes of the restaurant are on Tony Montana as he's sitting there. He's like, oh, you need people like me uh, so you can point your fingers and say, that's the bad guy, blah, blah, blah. And this is just Tony basically saying, hey, I'm, yeah, maybe I'm bad, but, but so are you. But it's like, that was what he thought was a good idea to post after he slapped a teammate, middle-fingered the teammate, double-middle-fingered the actual Iowa crowd. That's an Iowa event. <laughs> The home crowd, the home crowd. Side split, double middle finger. He thinks, all right, right now, the move is to post a Scarface scene after he hits a woman, makes fun of her, and then you, I'm the bad guy. Okay. Then that gets deleted, and then you have the, the this statement, which if he wrote it, well written. But that, what else can, I mean, when you have that, when you have what happened at the end of the soldier salute, and when you have mm-hmm. the Scarface, and then you have that that statement after the Scarface, what other conclusions can be drawn? Yeah, help me. That's a good question. Um, 
Yeah, I, I would say that is a, that is a good question. I did not see the Scarface meme because I'm not uh, on Instagram as much. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, it does seem just kind of uh, over the path. And Liz, I called this one from day one. The on the recruiting path, I said this guy could be great, but he could be a disaster as well. Um, it seems as though there's been no one in his life who's been really honest about his actions with him, and therefore he. I mean, I literally had a high school athlete that said to me yesterday, "He's like, why? Why does he think he can keep doing these things?" Like, why does he think he can keep acting this way and no one's going to care? Everyone's just going to let him keep doing it, you know? And I'm like, I don't know, because no one's been honest with him. No one's said, like, yeah, you're not doing the right things. You're being a dummy. Like, act right. And, I mean, that that's the only thing I can think of. I'm not around him, so I can't say that's factual. But when I'm trying to draw conclusions based on action, that's the conclusion I come to. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that is... It's interesting because maybe that is the one grasp th- thing you can hold on to if you're Iowa if you're Tom Brands it's like can we be the ones that that hold this guy accountable you know has anyone and I'm not saying and believe me this is not me saying that Oklahoma State did or didn't try to hold him accountable I'm just saying if I'm in Tom Brands shoes maybe we're the ones that can keep this guy sh- give him some guidance that he he is you know, you could safely say yeah. he hasn't had. He hasn't had the adequate guidance. Or if he has, it has not, to this point, been as fruitful as it could be. Um, yeah. And you say, hey, we get him in here. He's not on Iowa's team. As Chael pointed out, he is on team unattached right now. <laughs> that was now, funny. Dan, Dan Dennis and Alex Marinelli were in his corner. And yes. Brandon Sorensen were in his corner. So if there's there's a uh, uh, an affiliation with Iowa right there. Because um, that yeah. doesn't happen without the without you know, the entire buy-in from them. But, so I I think, you know, this is so different from the Gable thing, but, you know, Tom Brand's charge charge is to field the best team possible within the rules, right? And AJ's going to be an upgrade at 197. They've got this Angelo thing, which I think is, I don't know if that's guiding a lot of this. I really don't. Um, But I think that's a piece because everyone views the Ferraris as kind of a, a package deal, right? And Angelo's part of that package, then you want Angelo, then that means maybe you need to find a way to, to make it work with AJ. I don't yeah. know. And I, there's, a, there's a possibility too, d- does administration say, hey coach, I get it, but I just don't think we, we go down this path with this guy, given what just happened. That's given a, history. Th- that's a possibility. And given, and given history. And given history. So that that's a that's a possibility, but the statement makes me think the bridges aren't burned. Um, yeah, you know, and yeah, but I, and so I, I know, know what you're saying. So I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying about uh, the Gable thing. I know what you're saying about this thing. And I guess maybe you're not even saying if I was a coach. I'm saying if I was a coach. I would have a hard time bringing in all these guys over guys who I was currently coaching. I know insert, you know, I know the way Penn State has done it has somehow mostly worked, right? It hasn't really blown up all that much. Um, there's been very few people who, who have left the Penn State program, um, and they're one people who have done it. But it is so hard when you have a group of guys who are working really hard and you're bringing guys on top of them because you don't think they're satisfactory. Um, that's really tough. And then historically speaking. Uh, Iowa slash the brands have not had great like um, 
interpersonal dynamics with keeping guys around for long periods of time. When you think of the guys, you know, Gilman, Ramos, Metcalf, who were like ultimate Hawkeyes that they've that have now like kind of distanced themselves or maybe are not on great terms. Um, you kind of question their ability to keep everyone happy at the same time. Well, I, I, yeah, I don't know. That that has happened for sure. Um, I think keeping <laughs> keeping all those keeping all those big egos happy at one time. I mean, that's yeah. listen. We talk about a lot of things. Kale does. That's one of Kale's best attributes. I don't know how he does it. Um, he seems to be amazing at. Like you would think over. At some point, with all the really good guys he's brought in, one of them would have blown up and said, no, they did this to me wrong, they did that to me wrong, I'm leaving. And to this point, I, I mean, I don't, am, I not, am I missing someone? Is there anyone who's done that? No. Nobody. No. Nobody. It's it's crazy. I mean, so it's like that, to me, that's probably one of his biggest strengths. Yeah, 100%. And um, one, of the, one of the many. But to this point... Um, I guess re, re going back to, to to AJ and what they do. I don't know. I, I feel like we have to know soon what the decision is if he gets into school, what, yes. what have you. Um, and you know what an opportunity for for Coach Brands if if they can bring in and tame AJ and get him on the right path, then that would be good for wrestling. You know, it would be good if AJ could be, I'm not going to say a model citizen in, in terms of wrestling, but a model <laughs> citizen in, in life. I think he's always going to have, AJ still going to be AJ to an extent, but I think it sure. would be great. I, I think, you know what, it's a shame. It, it Pat Downey melted down big time. Pat Downey on the path, but a little on the edge. That could have been a good, a good thing long term for wrestling, yeah. to have that kind of a personality. That's not bad. What what happened it was bad, AJ bad some bad but him falling in line to an extent while being AJ that would be a good thing for the sport but what we saw at the salute was not was not that so um, I don't know it's a it's a tough I don't envy the position Coach Brands is in um, I don't know what the right decision would be but I would be I'd be personally just reluctant um, if not just because it may end well, if not just because of the um, of the the team dynamic that it that could be disruptive, but you know if it blows up and goes as bad as it could, you can't say anything other than you. So you can't let me ask you, let me ask you this one, Christian. If it blows up, if he does something really bad, and you know they've taken him on after this. Did they then bear some responsibility? Because my my answer would be, yeah, I, th- yes. I think they do bear some responsibility. Do you think they do? Yes, that's that's my point. Um, yeah, y- you can't say if you bring this guy in, everyone knows, right? Everyone knows. Hey, there's there's baggage here, and someone it, administratively will say, hey, do you really vouch for this guy? You're responsible for for what happens here. You can't say we didn't know. It's known. So if you bring him in and it goes bad. And, and and Tom Brands would would be accountable to that, right? He would say, "Yeah, that that's that's yeah. my that's my call. That's my thing. I'm accountable to that." But he would be accountable to that. That would be um, the right thing. So, um, yeah, that's that's that. Um, I do actually want to talk about some of the wrestling at Soldier Salute too. Sure. And we Whatever can bounce. You want to talk about. And and um, I want to talk about. 
125, Jory Volk, Drake Ayala. Drake Ayala beats McKee, he beats Volk. Crazy match, crazy finish where nice. I counted Drake. Yeah. He gets it's Drake's attack initially, I think. And then it's it is, Jory, yes, Jory counters and ends up with uh, the leg. And then you end up, he's, they're scrambling. Drake ends up passing across his back five different times in the last 30 to 45 yeah. seconds. But he avoided the three consecutive danger swipes that would give Jory the takedown well enough. And there's a, around 12 seconds to go. It's as close as it comes to, to being the three count. I really thought, and I couldn't see the ref, and I didn't have the, if the camera was moved yeah. like uh, 90 degrees, <laughs> you could probably get a good angle of if he was or wasn't in danger. But the way it looked really close, and I, I wouldn't have been surprised if the three went up there. Um, but just what what I thought about that performance from Drake is that I think it says a little bit more than just the wins. It's those are matches that we've seen Drake lose in the past. That, those McKee matches where shot can't finish, shot can't finish, shot can't finish, yeah. get counterscored right at the end. You've seen Drake be right there with really good guys and then yeah. can't quite win. I, I think it, it says something that Drake's jumped, I'm not saying to, you know, guaranteed All-American right now, but I think he's he has improved since we yeah. last saw him. Uh, I would say he's improved. Um also, but the Joy Volk match I, it was very close at the end there. Um, I thought there, were, I thought the same as you. There was a couple where if, if they would have been in place a little faster, they maybe could have counted the the three three swipes of danger. I there was a few spots, knowing that scramble very well. There was a few spots where I was almost shocked that Volk was not able to finish in because he had Ayala in a kind of a bad spot. So I guess good job by Ayala. Um, figuring out how to avoid that takedown, but it was it was about as close as it gets. Yeah. At one point, um, Bubba Jenkins would maybe be the one example of a guy left Penn State. Yeah. I agree. But, but so I would I would say is that's a guy who um I mean he Kiel didn't bring him in, right? Kiel came in and I th- I think he was already a third or fourth year there um and had already had success, right? Um, and did Kale push him out? Uh, that's that's definitely a possibility. Um, I know I know that's probably the way Bubba feels. Um, but I you know I guess I was referring to the guys who he brought in. Um, and then even Suryan doesn't really fit because where it was someone good came on top of that person. You know what I'm saying or no? It, well, yeah, Suriano, I mean, I I don't think it was as you know that he did leave, so he wanted to leave, but it was never like. Forget. I don't like. I hate Penn State. Penn State's bad. They treated me yeah. bad. It was that was never, even in private conversations, that was never said. Um, it was just yeah. You know, he was just ready to go. Um, yes. And he's left everywhere. You know. Yes. There's, there's a pattern yes, there. That, that's and, true. Also. And you know, Bubba and, and Penn State. It kind of came full. It took a while, but you know, he he wrestled Nolf in in their uh, in the Nittany Lion event, and you yeah. know, it seemed like. I don't think he would have done that if it wasn't, uh, you know, at least on better terms for, for all of them. So, um, which is yeah. good. I'd love to see that with all. You know, I don't know. I like I like tension and I like uh, rivalries and, but I would like to. You know, you think of guys like Doug Schwab and Brent Metcalf and these are just Hawkeye legends. It's like it's just weird that they're this like there's this much of a fracture from the yeah uh, from. Their their school right and their coaches. Uh, yeah, 
It's not good. I was actually thinking, I was thinking about it this morning. I was reflecting on my own life, and I was thinking, you know, these guys like Keegan or Mitchell or Noah or you know Peyton Mako, etc. These guys who I put in so much of my life into, right? Mm-hmm. I've spent many, many years with them. If it came to a point later in life where they hated me, dude, I would feel like such a failure. I would, be, yeah. I would be so sad over that that like I've contributed so much to them and i feel like i've always tried to do right by them and then they feel that way about me obviously i would try to correct it if possible but that would that would be like a really really hard thing for me uh and i don't know that i have any wrestlers may, maybe there are a few that i you know came through our program and feel that way about me yeah yeah no that would that would be that would be devastating. be devastating that would be devastating absolutely devastating yeah 100 yes. percent. um yeah so i i don't like that um but yeah, that was so. We had 125. That was great, um, great wrestling there. The drama continues with with that weight class and the very tumultuous as it's been. Um, Gabe Arnold gets the win. He had two really tight matches, one takedown matches yeah. in the semis and the finals. Um, Redshirt still intact. Coach Brands was asked that he was not asked about the 197 fiasco. Somehow, <laughs> somehow, no one asked. Wait, what? So he did a scrum after the soldier salute. He didn't get asked about it? No one. Come on. Ben, do they even want to do their job? Are they even trying? Well, he did yell at, oh, I don't know if he yelled at them, but he yelled at them for not asking the right questions, so maybe they're a little gun shy. But none of them asked. None of them asked. I mean, all all you really had to say is, hey, what were your thoughts on what happened at the end of 197? And just, you can tell. How do you feel about side splits and double birds? Could you do a side split at any point in your life, Tom? That's what everyone wants. <laughs> um, no, I, th- I thought that someone should have asked. I mean, you could have. No one wants to get. It, I, I get how that feels, but and you don't want to ask that pointed question because you don't. You gotta get, ask it. If you, you don't ask, ask it, you're why, a coward. Why are you holding the camera? Um, why are you asking the questions if you're not going to ask? Yeah. You got the right people. Got to ask the right questions. But shame. You know what? You know what I gotta say. Shame on Flo for not having someone there because we would ask the question. So yeah. we can't complain. Wait, but gotta, hold on. Gabe Arnold's not walk. redshirting because why would Patrick Kennedy be down at 165? Um, because it's 174 is not his best weight by a long shot. And if he, yeah, finish, but and if he finishes those takedowns, he, and if he finishes those takedowns that he was in really deep on, then he's the starting at his pre- uh, preferred weight. That's why. Okay. But... Um, yeah, I mean, he he likely wrestles that that person Caliendo on a semi regular basis, or or else he sh- he should be if he's not right. So yeah. you, you kind of have a good idea of how that match is going to go. Um, so I guess maybe if he thought he was actually better than Caliendo, he's going to sixty five. But if you know Arnold is going to redshirt, and the next best guy at seventy four is significantly worse than you, you would not want to cut down and make one sixty five, then to just come right back up and try to be a good size seventy four. That doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what I thought the second Caliendo got recruited is that Kennedy's going to be on the bench this year. Okay. Um, yeah. And I think it's well. You also thought there was Nelson Brands at that point in time, though. Mm-hmm. So, I did. And now there's not. Now there's not, but there is Gabe Arnold, and he's yes. he appears to be their best guy, also. Um, yes, I would agree. He, he needs to not spank people, though. That's a that's a that's. That was a little excessive. I mean, well, you know, one or two spanks, maybe. You know, spanks. it's lighthearted. And then, you know, here's the thing. Where's that the I line with the I didn't like. I'll tell you what I didn't like. I did. I'll tell you exactly what I didn't like. Listen, because I have antagonized people in this manner. 
Okay. Via spanking. So if you do something antagonistic to them, right? And then they get mad about it, you kind of laugh and you're like, ha ha ha. Yeah, I know I'm being a butthole. Like, I know, I know. Listen, I'm antagonizing you. I got it, right? But in the semifinal, when the guy got mad at him, then he like shoved his face in. And it's like, bro, like, you were antagonizing him. Unless that guy has no respect for himself, he's going to get mad about it. Yeah. So, like, yeah. if you antagonize people, like, you're going to get an angry response, likely. These are, this is wrestling. These are elite athletes who have self respect. They're going to get mad at you. So don't get mad that they're getting mad. That was what you should respect. Yeah. Yeah. Post spanking, all bets are off. You got to be ready. Yes. You got to be ready post spank. Um, yes. But the way Coach Brands answered that question about the red shirt made it sound like we got a few more events before we have to formally pull it. Um, but to me, I, I think it's just a matter of time. Yes. And there's no reason to pull it prematurely. That way you have it and something horrible happens, like an injury or something, then you don't have to worry about it. But, um, okay, so that was 74. 65, you know, Caliendo, it, it's interesting because you look at the match, you're like, oh, okay, two takedowns to none. Caliendo ran away with it. And, and, you know, on the scoreboard, that's ultimately what that's what matters. But there, there were... There were opportunities for Kennedy to win this match, and maybe that's the whole point. Is like we've seen Kennedy be in on guys and close that's, to scores, and that's just where that's where he struggles actually. Yeah. And so that's what I was gonna say. He he's yes, he struggles finishing against better guys for sure. And so that's what we saw here. I thought he was really doing well in the hand fight. I thought he was moving Caliendo around pretty well, and it it looked like oh man, he could really. And then when it came time to score, he just could not score on him. Yes. Uh, he couldn't score the takedown. So uh, Caliendo cementing his, his spot and really, barring an injury, I can't see how Kennedy is even going to have an opportunity to start. Caliendo's been the guy at 65 all, all year. He just won the yes. tournament. He beat Kennedy head up. There's not going to be another tournament where they can where Kennedy can get this opportunity. There's yes. really no justification for a wrestle-off at this point. So I think that's probably just it. And, yes. and Cal- Caliendo's the guy. Um, trying to think of what else happened. Real Woods looked good. I mean, this is the the thing. No one's talking about this. Lachlan McNeil versus Real Woods is like on paper the biggest match of the tournament, but this uh, this wasn't side, this, super this, competitive. Uh, no, two, two, two first period takedowns, uh, and yeah, it's never when he's able to come back at all. Yeah, it was, and I think that I don't know if the speed from Real surprised Lachlan, but he just did not look ready to to defend those shots because it wasn't like elaborate setups or you had to hand fight really hard to him. It was like yeah. one club, just club shot. And the one time I think he just fired in from space. So there's adjustments there for, for Lachlan to, to make. Um, no match at 84. I think we pretty much covered this. Frantic really tight. Yeah. Frantic's tight. Tight one against Swenson. Got the takedown in overtime. But Frantic, he plays it close too. So that's not, yes. a, that's not a major Swenson's departure. tough to score on. He I is remember tough. We had some guys wrestling him in, in high school. He, he's super tough. Swenson uh, beat Pinero. They wrestled at, I remember, they wrestled a crazy match at Fargo one year, and I want to say Pinero won. Uh, but it was very hostile. Uh, Pinero might have been taking some injury times that he maybe shouldn't have had. Well, we'll never know for sure. Uh, nah, all I know sure. is... <laughs> All I know is, if you kick out of bounds, my gosh, make the call. Make the call. Yes, I agree. That's Dang, uh, Swenson's only 5-5, five and five, but he lost to Blockus, 
Uh, Andonian, Rob, Rob, and Frannick. That's a tough schedule so far. Oh. Brutal. Man. Yeah, that, that's where, like, oh, wow, his winning percentage is low. Well, yeah, no, 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 ja- no yeah, joke. Right. Of course it's low. Um, hey, you really whiffed on this A.J. Stalling in the third thing. I'm not, I'm not taking A.J. side. Play it for me. Play it for me. I can't. It's not ours. Damn you. I, I swear I, I can't I, uh, be like the rest of the internet and just steal. Okay, now I have to go look for it. I swear, uh, I thought in my head, because I didn't have it up when you said that, he shot, he got spun around, and then he backed out. That was what I had remembered happening. He shot. Is that uh, not he, what happened? He pressured him to the edge. He okay. takes a shot. He does. The shot goes out of bounds. He okay. squares up, and he tries to circle back in. And he does circle back in successfully. There's never a point where they're both out of bounds, um, mm. I don't believe. Okay. And, so yeah, I don't I don't think that was a good uh, – maybe there was a point they were both out of bounds. But still, you could that's – that's an action call. I mean, that, uh, that, that's – you know what? That's a they rep- need more stalling calls, for you sure, on the edge. I think that's a reputation call um, more than anything. I think there's – but what happened afterwards, uh, nothing you could say about that. Even still, he had 101 of riding time. It was, it was as close a match as... But why did he need to do the middle splits when he was doing the, or the side splits? That's the thing. I'm telling you, we were sitting at dinner and my wife's like, why doesn't this guy just do WWE? And I was trying to explain to her, like, that, honestly, WWE or MMA would probably be his best avenues because they don't really have behavioral standards on what you need to do. Um, so, but if he wanted to go fight, he probably should have already went and fought, right? He hasn't wrestled a college match in a, quite a while. Yeah. But he didn't. So he wants to wrestle in college. The double splits was, I think, I think he was so out of control. He was in his own mind. I think he was so like elevated and just mad at the situation and mad that he was getting booed. That it's just like, what can I do? And it's, yeah. it's, I'm, Yeah. Um. All right. Do you want to let's let's it. No Midlands or no no more salute. Um, okay. No one was more. Midlands, ha- no bro, one was Midlands more thankful. Is, uh, it was just not great. This. I don't know what yeah. to tell you. No one was more thankful for AJ's antics than whoever, uh, whoever runs Smooth Comp, or whoever hires Smooth <laughs> Comp to run a tournament. No one's like thank you because. All people were doing was just complaining about this this software system used to run. And listen, I I struggled to even bring that up because you know track wrestling, flow, and, and arena are like you know flow properties. But like it's it's just established. These are the the standards for how you run a tournament. Then you've got this European company at the Soldier Salute. I couldn't help but find the irony there. They actually um, did a they did a Christian they, and I don't know what their ties to Iowa and I don't recall which tournament was. They Donnie did a Brooke. high school tournament Donnie in Iowa Brooke. last year. Which one was it? Dan Gable, Donnybrook. And it was like a total disaster. It was disaster. so hard. It was so hard to find results. I was getting so frustrated because I, I don't remember who was at it, but I wanted to look at the results. and It was, so, oh, it was infuriating. Yeah, I'd like to pull the thread on, like, what, what's the connection there with Soldier Salute and Iowa and Smooth Comp? Is there an investor? What, what's going on there? Because it doesn't really make sense that you would not use track um, for, for this event. Um, yes. But for, for Midlands... Uh, pin one, which congrats to to, to Coach Ryan. That's right, right. Pin Pin did win this tournament. Um, there was I believe that'd be uh, correct. There were a couple standout performances. I thought Dean Hamity, he did not give up a point. He majored Peyton Hall 
who is a wild ride, admittedly. Um, He's a wild ride. Um, but he... Hamity always kills guys who are not as good as him, though. That's been the case forever. Um, so I, I don't know if there's a real shocker there because he, well, he is very a very good wrestler and he kills everyone who's not as good as him. Well, they, my, my main point being that they had an incredibly competitive NCAA match the year... Uh, that was... That was a while ago now. Yeah. 22. Three, that was three NCAAs ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but still a crazy match. Um, but yeah, yeah, this was... He looked really good. I don't know if he got OW, but probably should have. I think he 125. did. 125. No, no, no. Who was it? It was... Uh, Man, freaking Michael Beard looked like a monster. Yeah, he, he did. He looked made, good. He teched Luke Stout. Jordan Titus teched CJ Composto. That was uh, interesting. I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, great win there. Um, so Luke Stanich, is he going to be the starter for Lehigh? Because he beats Barnett, he beats Elijah Griffin, and there was one more pretty solid guy he beat. Flynn. I'm blanking on who it was right now. Flynn. Oh, yeah, Cooper Flynn. There you go. Yeah, I mean, so he lost to Spratly 4-2. Um, so they, they've used him in two duels so far, Pittsburgh and Lehigh. Um, yes. I, I think you got to look into it and consider it. I mean, Sheldon yeah. Seymour is your other guy there, and he's actually pretty damn tough. So he's maybe tough. you don't need to. Lehigh is just has an uncanny ability it, to accumulate depth at so many depth, weight classes. Yes. It's it, they have like, it seems like for years they have NCAA quality cal or NCAA qualifier caliber guys at so many weight classes. And yes. In this similar situation here. Um, so his losses on the year are to Diego Sotelo, Ryan Miller, and Josiah Fry from Johnson and Wales D three. Who is? Who is that? J- Johnson Stanich? and Wales. Yeah, but Stanich's no, are. It's I'm just seeing one. I'm seeing Spratly, and that's it on WrestleStat. Those are Seymour's. Oh, sorry, Sheldon Seymour. Got yeah. it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, and then because the next weight class they got Crookham and McGonagall, and the next weight class they got Malik Hines and Carter Bailey, who are both pretty tough dudes. Yes. Yeah, so, so many, I don't, so I don't know what they're gonna do there. Um, but yeah, but good, good performance by by Luke Stanich, and wouldn't be surprised if they end up going with him. Ty Whalen uh, wins one forty nine. He beat Parco. He beat Waters. Waters had a great match against um, Webster from Illinois, who's really yes. really tough as well. I think both those guys are really good. Um, so yeah, but he's unattached still. So I'm not sure what Ty Whalen's situation is with Princeton right now. Yeah. Um, Coach Dubuque. I remember should... him being really tough in high school. Uh, like so, it would have been, been two Fargo's ago as a senior year. Um, yeah, and I'm looking at his results from last year. They're, they're good, not great. Um, he has some solid wins, but some eh, maybe not as great losses. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this year he's undefeated, and you know a really solid resume. Um, but I don't know if he's not. He must be. <clears> he <throat> can't redshirt in the Ivies, so it have to yeah, be great. Yeah, they shirt. just he. You have to be like totally unenrolled. Um, Correct. So he must be unenrolled and just training with NJRTC and the club, yes. or however that works. And uh, I guess you yeah. could expect to see him back next year. Um, so yeah, great performance by Ty taking out, or uh, by Waylon taking out Waters and Parco, who a lot of people thought would win. Any other results stand out to you uh, from from Midlands? Not not really. Nothing that I was all that surprised about. All right, man. We did not get to much. Uh, man, hey, Shane Dang. Sparks just he just spirit just came into you right there. 
I wonder I wonder what Shane thinks about the the AJ thing. Man, did you know I, I'm calling I'm calling on you guys. I'm gonna bring uh who's my guy that hates you from Missouri? You guys have four Missouri guys ranked number nine. Do you know how many more points we'd have if they were all just number eights? Who should be higher? All of them. <laughs> Duh. Uh, well, so let's talk about Missouri a little bit because they duel Virginia Tech tonight live on Flow. Should be a great one. Tune in this evening to for oh, baby. Well, should be a really good duel. I think the Tigers are solid favorites here um, against the against the the Hokies. So you got certain versus Flynn, nine versus eleven. I mean, Flynn Flynn dropped a match. Two matches at Midlands, he lost to Barnett, which what does it mean to win or lose to Eric Barnett is sort of unclear in wrestling right now because it just happens. Um, but he also lost to Stanich or Stanek. Mm-hmm. Certain's undefeated. It's an interesting style clash because Certain is, you know, high flyer, big move guy. Flynn is yes. basically the antithesis, very positional, tough guy to score on, um, not going to make a lot of mistakes. So, could break either way. I think Certain's probably the favorite here based on how the match is going, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm going with my Tigers. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, Latona, a favorite against Cade Moore of Missouri, though he's coming off a pretty tough showing. Did where he not two, have a great Midlands. Not a great Midlands for, for Sam. Uh, but mm-hmm. even still, he should be the favorite here. 41. All right, here let's. here's a situation to monitor because... Who does Virginia Tech send? Because Tom Crook is back down to 141. A weight I said he would never make again. A weight. Did that... he not do well at Midlands though? I thought he is did. He was he was at Midlands, right? Yeah. So he beat uh, Pusino eight eight one. Then he lost to Titus, the champion. So he took to third then. Not bad. And then he got third. So he lost to the champion yeah. by a lesser margin than you know second place loss. So. You know, Titus is. I think that means a couple of things. Titus is pretty freaking good, and yeah. Crooks, Crooks, right there. Um, I think what what is clear to me is that Tom Crook is the best one forty-one pounder for Virginia Tech. The question is, one, would they use him so near Midlands? Yep. Two, would they pull his red shirt? If because if he wrestles in the duel, his red shirt's pulled, and he's wrestling for the year, right? That eligibility year is gone. Yes. So do they? They wait a little bit um, before they make that decision. Um, yeah, I would I say that's probably going to be the case. Uh, you know, he has a solid resume. He does it. He lost to Waters, and I don't know this guy, but I saw his name a whole bunch at the uh, Midlands Cross Walaluski. I hope I said that right. Um, so you know, he's having a good, good, not great year, um, and probably could benefit from the red shirt. Yes, um, Caleb Henson, Joffrey Mason. Uh, a favorite over, or excuse me, Edmund a favorite over Mason, Henson a favorite mm-hmm. over Joffrey, Andoni and Brock Mahler. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, Let's I don't, go, baby. I think that's a toss-up, honestly. Um, yeah, well, I mean, Andonian now is, um, I kind of expected him to make another jump. You know I'm a Bryce Andonian fan. Uh, but he kind of has not. He kind of, I don't want to say he keeps kind of falling into the same traps. But this is his fifth year in college now, um, you know. And like I, I called the Cardenas thing where I, you know, he whooped Cardenas at Cliff Keenan. I'm like, ah, boy, Cardenas is gonna get a feel for him. And 
Cardenas can be pretty stingy, yeah. um, and that was kind of what happened in, the, in that follow-up match, and he lost kind of badly. So um, I actually think Mahler can be kind of stingy. So if Andonian falls into the same trap, I hope he's not listening because I don't want to help him against my Missouri Tigers. But if he falls into the same trap where he's trying to force things that aren't really there, that's when he gets himself in trouble. And that that is a distinct possibility against Brock Mahler. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Okay, uh, Keegan, you gonna bump him again? Or is uh, Peyton back? Well, I, so here's the thing: is uh, I believe Peyton's healthy. Uh, Peyton has had two incredibly close matches with Makai. The last two duels, they went to overtime two years ago. I think last year was three-two, I believe. So no, of course I'm giving Peyton another shot against Makai. In addition, it would help him greatly in the rankings. Um, although he should be moving up because uh, he freaking lost to Adam Kemp again. Uh, but Adam Kemp had a very poor um, Midlands. I think he took eighth. Mm-hmm. So that's so, why should he move up? Because uh, Adam, Adam Kemp will move down. Okay. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, the best win of the year right now for for Mako is P- Piccolo. So yeah, it was he, Techfall. It wasn't, wasn't competitive. Was Don't a, forget that. That's great. Um, but he's had one ranked-ish win in it. Or match and he lost it. So I mean, he's partying on all these dudes. Nine, just, nine sounds actually charitable. Are we in the pocket of Big Tiger here? Oh my gosh! People all are right, saying we're overtime. So let's. I don't. I don't need your sass about uh, the rankings of Mizzou Tigers. Oh uh, yeah, I give you a little factoid. It's a little uncomfortable. Um, all right. So Clayton Whiting's gonna smash Sam Fisher. Rock Elam smashes Andy Smith, and Zach Elam beats up on Hunter Kerka. Well, the Tigers win. Let's go. Well. Um, I feel like the path for Tech, as I see it, if there's one, there is one, and there is. They got to win 25, 33, 49, 57, 74, and I don't, I don't think five gets it done. I think they probably need a bonus point there, or they need a six win with, and I think the most likely six win is Fisher over Whiting. So, mm. or they pull in Tom Crook at 41. So that's, that's the path as I see it. We are seven minutes over. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you, Ben, for going seven over. I'm sure you have Seven over. Who missed weight by seven pounds? I used to like that, I used to like that gimmick. I know. And then it's like, how many times can we go back to the same names we always said? Chenzo. Yeah. Chenzo with the ah. scuffle is true freshman year. Um, I didn't bring it up. Thank you, All guys. Right. Thank you to Chenzo. Hey, we have JD back on Thursday, or is he still on his honeymoon? Honey, uh, you know, permanent honeymoon. You know, he's just honeymooning now. Honeymoon phase. No, I don't know when he's back. I, I think he's out this w- entire week. Um, okay. Well, maybe so we'll get Shane Sparks. Never know. Maybe Shane. Maybe not. We'll see. Um, thank you, guys. Thank you to Chael. Special thanks to Chael. That was fun. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Quite the storyteller, that Chael is. Indeed. He's the best.